morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 297. Ah, oh, it's another week. I had that same feeling. <laughs> I'm Florence Zion. I'm here with my buddy, my pal, my co-host, Andy Anatko. Um, Andy, did you know that, did you know that the Golden Globes are this weekend? I, uh, not really. <laughs> LOL. No. No, I, I I saw that Amy Poehler was in the news and thought, oh, that's good. Like, oh, that's right. This is well. She it. also has a new project coming out on Netflix that I've been like meaning to watch. Oh, so, I, just saying I, that could be why she's doing the press circuit. So, well, no, no, it's it's uh, it, it's the only thing that I like about the Golden Globes is either Ricky Gervais or Tina Fey and Amy Poehler doing like the opening monologue, in which they just insult. Every Andy, <laughs> it's, it's, yes. especially especially Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, because they have the added edge of not only am I going to absolutely make sincere fun of the Hollywood Foreign Press Organization, an right. organization that exists to have anybody make fun of it because it's kind of pathetic and and terrible, but also. I'm going. We're as we're going to talk about like what, women in Hollywood and women in this industry and women in general. Like, like I, I still I, I still remember uh, I, I they they were the first ones I think to really go 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 out hard against uh, against Bill Cosby uh, and, and right in the middle of a monologue for a fancy little dinner. It's like okay, we're doing this. That's wonderful. Right. So but yes, in lieu but yes, of it was a dinner. Easy. These these <laughs> things are supposed to be forgotten, but I yes, I completely forgot. I also forgot about the, the Super Bowl, by the way. It's like I completely <laughs> I, I not not only did I, I forget that it was I that know. weekend, but I forgot that it was a thing that existed. Right. Well, I bring up the well, it's interesting you brought up Amy, Amy Poehler. I mean, it's not interesting. They they hosted. <laughs> uh, but they were actually on opposite coasts, by the way, and they had green screens that were stitched together. And they were not corresponding to the coast that they were on. So Amy Poehler is based out of L.A., but she was on the right side of the screen. And <laughs> Tina Fey is based out of New York, but she was on the left side of the screen. And this is a thing that bothered a- enough people that when I did my <laughs> podcast rounds this week, I heard this complaint about like three or four times by a couple of the pop culture podcasts I follow. So anyway, the Golden Globes were this week. Um, I Wild. That's that's where we are in life now. Um and speaking of remotes, you know, I thought this would be a good segue um, because I was flipping through the channels last night and I realized <sighs> Mona has drooled on every remote in this house. <laughs> Bless her. You know, it's just it's just me and my husband watching her. So sometimes we forget the remote at at her her height so she can grab it and immediately she will claim it as her own and put it into her mouth much like a dog when they're on a walk and they have to pee on every single block right True. claim their territory that's what my daughter does with spit <laughs> and i gotta tell you guys i've been thinking i was thinking the other day i picked up the remote in my bedroom and you know i was like because we I was gonna watch put on highlander because i'm still working through the the Horrible first season. <laughs> By the way, did you know Marianne Cotillard started her career on Highlander? No. In a very, very terrible, violent uh, <laughs> plot line. But anyway, that's well, I'll save that for offline. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I wonder like what kind of testing that these remotes go through at Google Hardware HQ because they are so sticky. 
<laughs> and they're not like the the volume button in particular on the side there gets like I think the the biggest it takes the the biggest brunt of it because it's so clicky and sticky so it's like <laughs> you know and then the god the other night you know what happened is that the volume button got stuck and I'm using the volume button in the living room for the sound bar and the sound bar, because it was stuck, it went up super high and it was out, you know, Mona was asleep. And so at one point, like I was watching Sister Wives and you're just like <laughs> watching the husband of these four women, like talking about, you know, ugh. anyway, not going to talk, talk on that tangent. But yeah, the, the remote situation, Andy, <laughs> has already a couple months and, and we're having some issues, some quality control yeah. issues with these. And this broadcast. I, I I still haven't figured out. I'm, I'm still I'm still grateful that we've got a white remote, or instead of just invisible black. But I'm I still, have a blue one too, by the way, yeah, in the living room. But it's like, a, so. like it, but it's like an air freshener colored blue. It's not a like it's midnight very pretty. aqua. Blue. I wanted the pink one, but it actually didn't go with the decor in the living room. In case oh. the pink is only in my room, in my little office. You know, uh, I, which, I, I thought yeah. the feng shui was off a little bit there. I didn't want to say anything. Because I, I knew you were on top of it. I knew you would be right on top of that. Yeah, I'm actually kind of switching over gradually to purple, but that's neither here nor there. Um, hey, did you ever find your Google TV remote, by the way? Because I know last week you were having problems, having to resort to the app, which is still like poorly rated in the Play Store. Uh, no, no, I didn't. It just simply reappeared. So What? It was, well, I, I could have sworn. Perhaps it was raptured and then Jesus sent it back. <laughs> heaven doesn't heaven won't take me and hell doesn't want me yeah that's but that that would be more apropos of like the apple tv remote than okay. this one this is actually well-made right. remote no it was a, i i can't explain it um i thought that i had completely taken apart the because again it's got to be somewhere near the bed and but I, I thought i'd taken the whole thing apart i thought i pulled it away from the uh, i i pulled it away from the wall and cleaned like all the you know the Papers and stuff some, will sometimes fall down there. I thought that uh, I, I thought that I, I'd, I'd look there, but and didn't find it. Then, like the next day or the day after, it was just like there, like on the floor at a corner of the bed. So maybe it was like sort of like deeper in. And when I pushed the bed closer, I don't know. It was in the I matrix, and then when Andy pushed the bed, it came out of the matrix. It finally got unplugged. I I. Loved I'm it, sorry so I for set these it free metaphors. and it came back, so now it's mine forever. Maybe that's this is it. the things that we say in my household when things go missing, is we just make up these like elaborate stories. So I, f- I find it fun to do the same for inanimate objects. I mean, come on, Toy Story changed the whole game for inanimate <laughs> inanimate objects. <laughs> that's true. Well, I, I let, but uh, I want I should I want to compare notes now. Like uh, now again, my uh, my mom, Roman Catholic. Also, like the daughter of one Italian immigrant and one mm-hmm. um, d- daughter of an Italian immigrant, and she would occasionally do the Saint Anthony prayer when she was looking for something. Like Saint Anthony, Saint Anthony, please look around. Something is lost that that must be that I've, that must be found. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe that she actually thought that it was going to manifest itself. That Saint Anthony was going to intervene and 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 bring her again the the airing that she lost or whatever i tend to th- the way that she said it uh, she was a devout catholic but i think that it was more like something that you something that she said because uh she grew up with again parents who probably said that and meant it and it was just like rhythmically like <laughs> yes, yes. Da, 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 who said da, that da, and meant it is a big uh, exactly yeah That's, yeah 
But you didn't. But you didn't, <gasps> Someday, you don't, Andy. You didn't have the. You you guys didn't have like the like big calling upon the saints sort of thing. Uh no, the big thing for us is being named after them, and so oh. you really like you really knew somebody's birthday based on you know my name is Florence. <laughs> I was named after the saint around that time. It's in late April usually is my name day, quote unquote. So, uh, you know that that's what it works. That's that's how it works for us, as far as I know. Anyway, I'm not the best Orthodox child, I have to say. Uh, Father Stephen did give me the book, and then I just never read it. Sorry, Father Stephen, but I still have it. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's it's, it's amazing that anything Orthodox managed to manages to hold on to their to, to their, uh, their 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 list. It's it's hard to be orthodox anything. Well, we're not I'm not really orthodox. <laughs> exactly, right. See. <laughs> uh let's see. Um hey, Andy, have you so have you been listening to Land of the Giants because this morning I went to the grocery store. You don't want to hear my to-do list, but I've been kind of just taking podcast time when I go run errands. And so I've been really just sort of yeah. meditating on this one. It and was about YouTube today. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the, so Land of the Giants is this, is the Google, pod, the outsider, the podcast topics about Google and like. It's, it's, re- they, it's Recode's podcast. Right. Um, and this is their third season. So I think they already did Facebook and I think they did Amazon last year. Oh my God. I think I have to sneeze. I'm really sorry. <laughs> You see, that's that's Excuse that's me. natural. That's again ta- talking about like superstitions from the old world. It's very important. It and means very somebody's good talking to... about you when you sneeze in my culture. Well, I I somebody would somewhere. I would say that if you 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 invoke the name of Amazon and therefore you need to sneeze so that in case any evil spirits that inhabited you they were called called into you you're expelling them because I. <sighs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Something... No, no, I didn't. I, I didn't catch the episode about YouTube this week. It's YouTube. I mean, I know, I know it'll make it into your rotation this week sometime. Um, obviously, I'm bringing it up because I want, you know, let everybody know that we're still planning on doing uh, a little podcast club. I'm trying to think of a better name. Like book club is what I'm sort of calling it because that's the the premise that I want to put forward. But it definitely is like a podcast club because we're sitting and listening to this podcast. Um, I'm not. How about, how about let's let's get hammered on hard seltzer and listen to a podcast. I love that. We might be able um, to get f- sponsorship for that name. There are a lot of. I hard love hard seltzer. Um, I actually have a, a nice little drink that I make myself that is made with seltzer water. So that's that's what I mean when I say hard seltzer. Uh, I have to say that there was a really interesting quote I just want to kind of bring up because I feel like it's very it's very in parallel with sort of our opinions here on the Material Podcast, which was you know they were talking about YouTube where I'm listening to this this sort of historical narrative about how it came to be, and then we're we're touching upon the sort of like seedy stuff the the uh, Stephen Molyneux, Milo Yiannopoulos days where it starts to get like really dark. Right. Um, And there was something, I think it was Peter Kafka. He's quoted in this um, particular episode and he says something along the lines of, you know, Google is sort of taking care of its problems, quote unquote, uh, the way that you would sort of retrofit an old building. Like you're doing all these cosmetic touches to it, you know, making it look really nice, but the foundation is still crumbling down below. 
I just really wanted to share that. It, that's not a verbatim metaphor, but it's it was something along the lines. And I thought when I heard it, I was like, I got to tell Andy and yeah. I got to tell the guys about this. That's, <laughs> a, that, that's a really good metaphor because it could, yeah. depending on what the situation really is at, at Google, because the problem might be, no, your foundations are totally wrecked. And you're just there's and there's, it, the problem goes down so deep that there is no like fixing it. The other way of looking at it is kind of kind of like at my old high school, which was built in the 1950s. And mm-hmm. the and the thing is, it was beautiful and it was kind of modern for its times. But it meant that like when it came time to wire it for Ethernet and the Internet, there mm-hmm. was no way to get cables into the classrooms. And right. they had to like take inhuman. And so what I'm getting at is that the lesser version of that is that it's not as though this entire place is rotten. It's just that this wasn't built with this kind of equity in mind and therefore trying to get it in to the culture as a, as an afterthought is a mm-hmm. lot more difficult than you might think it's attainable, but it's not the sort of thing that's going to be done by, Oh, look who we hired or, Oh, look at this outside consultancy report that we, <laughs> that we paid for. Andy is alluding, of course, to current events. Those who are following along to what we were talking about last week, there were some other events to come out. Uh, you can, of course, go and quote unquote, Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're not really we're not really diving into that this week, but uh, again, just want to bring up the podcast and the and the and our complete archives are available at relay.fm backslash material. It's true. That's also where you'll find a link to subscribe to us, become a member of the Relay FM network, and when you do, you will have access to that quote unquote book club or what was it that you called it, Andy? You said let's get let's, let's drink a let's hard drink seltzer. hard cider and listen to a podcast. I love that. Um, I love that. And and I love that too because my husband's favorite cider is made with his favorite apple, which is oh. grown here in Northern California in Sonoma County. It's the Gravestine apple for anybody who would like to Google that. We 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 might have to get the dot info domain for that because there's no way that the dot com isn't is still available. I'm- no. Oh, there's a huge apple festival. Oh, Andy. Uh, if you ever come to visit me, come during the Apple Festival. It's real I I want you to compare Apple Festivals. I think it'll I think it would be quite <laughs> Yeah. No, I th- honestly. Are, is there an Apple Apple Floats uh, sponsored by different members of the Chamber of Commerce? No, but there there are just like every possible thing you could possibly make with Apple like on display by all the local. It's basically because it's California, it's like a foodie event. It's <laughs> outside. It's quite wonderful. Um let's take a quick little break and then when we're back, we will we'll talk about some things. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I don't know if you know this, but by default, Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies based on your location. And you might be aware that Netflix have recently increased their prices again. If you want to feel like you're getting your money's worth with your Netflix subscription, you can start using ExpressVPN like I do. See, you might not know that what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from what someone in the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, you can control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you just switch to another country to unlock new shows. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services, too. You can use it to watch BBC iPlayer, which is free and only available in the UK. 
ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs, so you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. Okay, now here's where we divert from the ad copy. We get to the section called Personal Experience Required. Um, you've heard that. You've heard me talk about ExpressVPN before. Um, I, VPN, you just kind of need it. Uh, you need it more when you're not in <laughs> spending all of your days inside your house as I am. Uh, but at some point, we will see the daylight again. And once again, I will be availing myself of coffee shops, libraries, <laughs> tra- uh, Amtrak trains, and other places where Wi-Fi is free and also unsecured and makes me very, very vulnerable to bad people. And that's when I'm going to be very, very glad that I continued my ExpressVPN subscription. Um, I don't get a free subscription, by the way. I, I pay full price for it. I didn't even take any sort of a free offer for it uh, because you know there i know that there's a personal personal experience part in here and i need to be able to when, when you get to like the editorial voice section of things i need to be able to speak honestly and freely and without being corrupted uh, by any freebies um and i i i don't i i still have uh, i'm still like in a gray area mentally about using express vpn to watch iplayer and watch other international uh like public television that i don't necessarily have a right to watch uh, i i tend to in the end uh two things kind of make me think that it's okay and i should go forward with this number one there's the no harm done rule which is that look i don't i don't live in <laughs> if i could pay for shows via iplayer i would and but i can't so where where do we go and it's not and okay yes it's costing them i guess to scream screen things stream things to me but uh, okay I'll, I'll i'll say that i'm not really hurting anything um the reason number two is i really want to see it i really <laughs> there's so many shows that like i I'll, I'll hear mention of i'll see conversations about on reddit and i'm like really there's an entire show just about like people throwing pots and it's like it's made by the same people who do the british baking show all right sign me up and okay yes you're, you're right you can actually see uh old uh, older seasons of this on hbo but after you've gone through all the three seasons and when you find out that there's a fourth season that's streaming right now i'm a weak man i'm an imperfect vessel to contain the perfection of the universe uh but for all these reasons express vpn does the job for me i i did leave uh, a a previous VPN that I've been using for years beforehand, and it wasn't until I moved up to ExpressVPN I found out what how much better the VPN experience could be for me. The best feature that I like about it, and this is not uh, there, there is not a uh, a bullet item. Tell them about the, your your favorite feature. Of this my favorite feature of it is just simply uh, if you for whatever reason like you use your lose your connection to the internet, it will not reconnect automatically uh, it will just simply say your connection has dropped this is why you can't access the internet right now Be, uh, and that was a big problem with my previous vpn because it would drop and then would reconnect but the vpn wouldn't reconnect and now i find out that oh look for the past 42 minutes i've been on starbucks using completely unsecured wi-fi <laughs> lovely thank you that was definitely worth six dollars and eighty cents or nine bucks a month okay well now we'll, we'll go back to the ad copy now You can make the smart choice to stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash material. Don't forget to use that link so you can get three extra months free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash material to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Now... Andy, 
I want you to imagine a fisherman tells you that he doesn't need a net to catch all the fish that he needs for the day's quota, okay? Now, I bring to you this metaphor because that was the metaphor that I came up with reading (laughs) this week's sort of like marquee news story about Google, which is that it's committing to a, quote, privacy-first web, unquote. So, Which seems off-brand for Google, frankly. It seems off-brand only because they have made their entire business model around figuring out who you are as a person and then tailoring the internet to you, which honestly, as a concept, is great. Like, that's a great selling point, right? Yeah. I'm sold. It's, I want I want a tailored internet. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of magical how they've, uh, with, with Facebook and other marketing companies, you're like, oh, get your filthy, filthy paws off of my personal data. With Google, there is that, but there's also, oh, thank you for having your filthy paws all through my personal data because you managed to figure out by when I do a search for something I'm looking for exactly what it was I was looking for and not one of the 18 other different ways you could have interpreted that. Well done. Yeah, Please have some more. for those black vans, classic vans platform uh, style, and I found them at a really reasonable price too. <laughs> Anyway, taking that into consideration, um, this this is kind of a big news story this week because I and Andy, I believe, Andy, sorry to speak for you, but I'm going to, believe, you know, this is pretty related considering sort of this image upheaval that Google has to kind of go through. And I feel like coming forward and saying, hey, you know, I know you keep making all these jokes about privacy, yada, yada, but going forward, we really like to change that narrative. And so as it does, anytime it makes uh, one big step forward in something, Google writes a blog post about it at a Google blog and kind of lays it out for us in a way that um, seems transparent and relatable, but obviously... (laughs) There's always more to the story as it goes. Um, At least we can know, at least we can learn a little bit about how this purported privacy-free internet, wait, privacy-free, wait, (laughs) what am I saying? Privacy first. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's a Freudian slip, everybody, if I've ever heard one. Uh, All right, so... In this blog post, David Temkin, who's the director of product management uh, at Google for ads and for ads, privacy, and trust. Holy crap, what a big role to have at the company. Uh, he writes, today we're making explicit that once third-party cookies are phased out, we will not build alternate identifiers to track individuals as they browse across the web, nor will we use them in our products. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like that's a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, um, la- last year they they already announced that hey, we're we're phasing out support for Chrome uh, for third party cookies. Right. Like right. Safari has already done it. Firefox yeah. has already done it in different extents. And the, there was a. I'm, I'm sure at the time we might have said that okay. I think this was back in January of last year. Like okay, thank you for f- quote phasing it out unquote without any specific endpoint. And you have to sort of assume that Google being filled with such clever people saying the reason why that we're phasing them out is because we found out a, we found a way to like get around these Safari and Firefox blocks that 
gives us a bigger stranglehold on your personal information without being constricted by these limited. But the yeah, so the the big deal was that they're saying no, no, no. Okay, don't don't think that we made this announcement because we we're going to find another way around all of these problems. They're saying nope, nope. We're we're not going to be identifying individual users as they go across the re- the web. Uh, I mean, do, although later on they did in the post they do explain like what they've got to solve this problem to give people privacy while also giving the ad industry and services the ability to get an idea of what kind of ads would work for you or what kind of information would be most useful to you yeah i mean google does its part in in this particular blog post to sort of be like listen we know that you're super worried about your privacy and the other thing is, too, is that we have all these regulatory restrictions that are changing worldwide, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about the EU, uh, you know, what's been, God, ugh, what's been happening in Australia. Uh, now, the Post, it does cite survey results from the Pew Research Center, which demonstrates that 81% of people say that the potential risks of using the internet, you know, due to data collection, they that those risks actually outweigh the benefits. So there, you know, a lot of people, Andy and myself included, were like, well, I'm going to give you over some information. But again, I found those pair of Vans platform, you know, <laughs> classic slip-ons, and I'm very happy with my, with my purchase. Uh, Google also, you know, talks about the proliferation of third-party cookies, device fingerprinting, and those other methods that have come through of identifying and tracking you across multiple websites. Uh, They sort of cite it as antiquated and heavy-handed approaches to targeting ads compared to what they've come up with. (laughs) Um, Now, they've come up with what's called, it's a new public API, and it's called the Federated Learning of Cohorts. We've mentioned this before, uh, or as it is, as it is abbreviated flock, F-L-O-C, like flock of seagulls. And I ran, I ran so far away without being tracked. That's been, the song's been going through my head all afternoon now. I mean, it's an iconic song. Remember when I first discovered 80s? Like music, right? Sorry, because I had to just anyway. Uh, okay, so flock. Uh, now this hides each user within a cohort of people that browse similar sites and have similar interests. Um, the other, the ad networks and other services that can read the users' cohort IDs through their browsers never see any personal browsing history. The IDs are calculated on device by the browser. One way to sort of think about this that I simplified for myself is the thing that. Um, I can wrap my head around is how tokenization works, for instance, with like NFC contactless payments. So you have a new token every time you do a transaction, right? Which is why you have to have your phone when you want to do a refund. So I think of it in that way. Instead of you as an individual having a tokenization for your transaction, so to speak, your data transaction, you're bundled into a group of people. So it's it's a bundle of grapes that have been (laughs) tokenized. I don't know. I tried there, folks. Uh, Google, they now, as Andy said, Google had told us about this last January, which is why it like resonates in my mind that we had talked about it. But the thing is, that was right before the pandemic, and so <laughs> we have I have to be in co- our minds. no, I, yeah, quite honestly, a lot of stuff that I think we were excited about at the beginning of last year sort of got lost because I, I had to make room 
for all this new, all these new worries and anxieties <laughs> and things that I needed to process. Um, so anyway, that'll be interesting. And I, I like this. I like this approach. And I, I also think it's very clever the way that they presented it to people. So yeah, it's this, uh, this is why I, th- I think Google's blog is something that I, I, w- I wish that all other tech companies, Apple included copied because it's one thing to like, oh, we have a very, very like stoic press release and we're going to work with journalists to try to get our message out. A la Apple. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's much better to say, look, just tell us what your point of view is. And of course it's, uh, of course it's biased because it is from the Google blog, but at least yeah, we know what your version of the story is uh, and also make it understandable. And it does, I, I'm receptive to this sort of message. I'm, I'm glad they clarified that. Uh, when we come out with this thing called Flock, and again, it is a, a draft res- draft proposal for a public API that anybody can support and anybody can use, not a specific thing that forces you to like – that will make Google's ad network more powerful mm-hmm. than anybody else's. Um, but uh, I – the thing I was worried about was, of course, again, are you creating like a super – we don't need cookies anymore. But just like NASA, if we don't need gasoline engines anymore. If we've got these rockets that will get, take us to other planets in, in our subjugation. <laughs> we don't of need health care. We've got yeah. rockets. Yeah. And and it, it also addresses uh, a concern that I had because I uh, – the privacy – the lack of control over privacy is a, a crisis at this moment. And my uh, the the blog post addresses uh, not just entities like Google, but also ad networks and just marketers that are creating uh, data brokers that just assemble information about everybody and sells it to whomever for whatever purpose. Uh, and it, it it it's so out of hand that it's a crisis at this point. On the other hand, the thing is, you can't put things on the uh, on the internet without either charging people money for them like actual mm-hmm. cash money for them or gen- generating revenue through ads and through and through marketing oh. and so and yeah. so if apple <laughs> like if if apple for instance decided that oh by the way we we've, we've created this brand new uh, we have, uh, iOS 15 will now have this uh, new whole system that makes it absolutely impossible for any user of any iPhone to ever see any kind of ad of any kind. Like that is very that is absolutely what the user wants. But that means that well, great. Now how am I going to make money off of my news blog? And how am I going to get like I can't make all my if the New York Times can't make all of its money uh, through Patreon. Uh, actually, no. New York Times can make its money through subscriptions, but smaller publications, absolutely not. And they need to be able to demonstrate to advertisers, even if they're not handing over personal information, they can say, "Well, look, here is how many you 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 do you sell kayaks to people age twenty eight to forty two who've had two years of college but never graduated. Here is our demo. We have actually here's how many of our use of our daily readers are right in that demographic, and when they buy an ad, here is the response that you got." From from it here's if we if we remove the ability that that mechanism for generating revenue the internet will change maybe not f- for the better for the worse but it will definitely change but we might not like how it turns out so uh the the idea of having all of the privacy stuff taking place within your browser on your desktop google never sees it no one else ever sees it and the stuff that makes advertising work meaning like what uh, what box of people are you uh, is this user in and so oh, they can boy. Sit, 
yeah well again we'll see we'll see how well those boxes work well this that's is, this- that's a that's an existential thought for another time, but it's just, you know, realizing that you are as an algorithm, there is an algorithm putting you into a particular box to serve you a particular ad. And when you think about it that way, it makes you a little angry. It makes you not really want to give over that data. Yeah. Well, as, as special, see, this is, I, what it's, I have to say though, it's kind of the way that it works now is better than it works like on television, like historically. I mm-hmm. one of the things that led me to stop like watching TV at all uh, was like 10, 15, maybe even a little bit longer years ago, where I, I used to like around three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, okay, I'm down, I'm done with my first or my second shift of, of work for the day. And I got I get to take a few hours off before I have dinner and then start my, my my last shift of work for the day. And so maybe I turn on Oprah or whatever. And but the the commercials that would be on in the middle of the afternoon on the weekday were t- they were just such completely targeted towards losers or people that advertisers thought are stupid, useless losers. There was I remember one for some sort of like fly by night, like nursing school, like, you know, one of those like scams that just gets government grants or whatever. Uh, It was, was, and it was like woman walking up to like a bank teller, big, big grin on her face saying, hi, Debbie, I'd like to make a deposit. And the teller says, I'm quoting here because this is burned in my memory, a deposit. What happened? Did you win the lottery? Then she says, no, I just got my nursing nursing TA uh, process assistant degree from shady university. And it's like, I, you could tell like a, a first draft of that was like, what happened? Did, 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 did the liquor store start take accepting food stamps? Like the, the, amount, the amount of disrespect for, Hey, mm-hmm. the fact that you're at home and watching television at three o'clock on a weekday, you must be just a complete loser. Uh, I would, I would much rather, I would much rather they identify me as the correct kind of loser, like the kind of person who would start binge watching, like uh, binge watching a a YouTube channel that is nothing about, uh, is only about like repair of old electronic watches. That okay, I I will accept that. Outsider might think that that is a loser thing to do for three hours when, again, you (laughs) have your, your office is a mess and you haven't done food shopping in a little while. But that's it. But at least it's 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 it acknowledges me and reflects me and not just putting me in a box I don't belong. Right, in. right, anyway, right. I think it's 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 neat. Let's see if people if this is actually supported everywhere. Um, the other argument being made is that this is great for Facebook and Google because it it Google has a lot of reasons to promote this. I do think that they like the idea of having a more uh, modern approach. Uh, to identifying people and targeting ads to them, but also they need to have that answer to the question in all of the testimony that they're going to be called upon to provide over the next two or three years in the United States and worldwide about data collection. Say, so, oh no, no, no! See, we we want a private web. See, we're actually developing new standards that will uh, that that uh, that will make it easy for advertise for small business to go forward with advertising, but still protect user privacy. Um, but let's see if Facebook decides that this is something that they want to get involved in as well. Let's also make see if uh, the <laughs> the amazing huge twelve percent of the ad, digital ad market that is not Google and Facebook. Let's see if it helps them as well. But I think it, right now, today, uh, academically, I think it's a good move. I have to like my sort of last comment on this 
it's again, I, I sorry, I have to relate back to the land of the giants podcast. Cause you know, I listened to it <laughs> a couple hours ago and it's still fresh in my mind, but I think, you know, thinking because we were, they were talking about YouTube, the, the big reason that YouTube sort of came to be the way it is now is because it had to monetize because remember back then in the day, if you wanted to host your own video, you had yeah. to like pay for it through, you know, I was sort of thinking, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, God, it was such a pain to try and like do any of that back then. Right. Um, And then it, it sort of brings us to where we are now with how the ad system on YouTube. And I, this is not, you know, about YouTube. This is about, um, just general web browsing, but, and, and the search engine itself. But I am just sort of thinking about how this is, as we get into this movement to bring back privacy, to reclaim privacy as users, I wonder, is it really just not enough to be a big ass search engine that gets a lot of hits? Does it have to be so targeted? Hmm. Like, I know that in the beginning, Google was like, well, we've got to get a, give an edge to these people so that they can, these companies, these whatever, so that they will give us money to advertise. But it's like, Google is such a, a, a an entity, you know, a, monstru- a monstrous entity in, in the world. Why isn't that just enough for the ad business at this <laughs> point? And just kind of like, let me be free. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that we wind up with an internet where if I decide to turn off JavaScript, if I decide to turn off identification and tracking, I can still have a good time and get what I get done when I need to get done on the web. Yeah. As opposed to always seeing those like, like it's fine. Screens. I'll see a crappy ad like I'll see an ad for something weird and whatever. Like I'm used to it. That's the Internet. I don't know. It's probably just me. But um, by the way, that thing I did at the end where I was like, you know what I mean? That's totally a thing that women do when they're (laughs) being insecure about what they said. So I'm retracting that because Andy does know what I mean. That's why he does this podcast with me every week. We are simpatico. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's let's take a quick little break. And uh, then when we get back, we'll talk about some fun stuff. Now, it's so funny for me to hear about the Pixel Drops because I have been using this OnePlus 8 for, uh, gosh, it's been almost a year coming up on there. And I have to tell you, like, I I don't know that I necessarily miss the Pixel features because there have been a couple. I think the one that I miss the most, I have to say, is the, is the song recognition that lives in the notification shade. I do miss mm-hmm. that, I will say. Yeah. I, I I have to say that the the features that are pixel exclusive for dealing with all the crap of phone conversations that what's make the, that's what makes the difference for me the the ability to like be like on hold for tech support and the phone just saying oh if you want I can just actually just like listen for you so you can go about your day and I'll just like notify you when a human picks up the ability to tap a button and say. Hi, can you have like a, a realistic and sympathetic human voice answer this call on my behalf? Say th- mm-hmm. that I don't know who you are, and if I you're trying to sell me something, too. I don't want. I don't. Yeah, the, all that sort of stuff. So all the, <sighs> okay. Uh, so there is. Yes, I no, am. I, missing I don't, out I don't on mean to make features. you miss anything, but no, no, you're not making me miss anything. Okay, this is my, this is my life, my experiment. I'm a living experiment for these things, which is why I adopted the One Plus Eight because I, I wanted to know if I could live without these features, and I've been fine. Yeah. But also, I've been living in a pandemic. So I haven't really been like 
as power user as I normally. And maybe that's why the OnePlus 8 served me so well, because I just needed a big screen and lots of space. I digress. <laughs> so there was a big Pixel feature drop. That's that's where this whole conversation was going. Uh, now, none of these four new features that are coming with this drop are particularly amazing compared to, you know, the, Again, the candy drops screening. we've had in the past. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know... Sweet. It's it's something to know about. And if you have a Pixel, I'm I'm certain that you'll be curious if you maybe want to try these out. And then you could tell me what I'm missing out on. You can send us an email at materialpodcast at gmail.com and be like, nee, 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 look what you're missing out on, Flo. <laughs> you know, you know how like yeah. all your underwater all your underwater scuba pictures look like crap? Yeah, this because you're stuck with a OnePlus. I got a Pixel phone, so all of my underwater scuba pictures go. are awesome. There we go. Yeah, See, I don't I don't I don't wanna alluding. I don't wanna give you a spoiler for again no, the incredibly wonderful <laughs> incredible pic- no, you know, it pixel actually, pictures. You, you'd be surprised. So what Andy's alluding to is one of the engineers on the Pixel camera team is an avid scuba diver. <sighs> I'm sorry. I made it. But listen, <laughs> this is when you were. OK, it's it's Silicon Valley. Everybody's got a hobby. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I don't want to make fun of this because the thing is, um, our our girl, Yasmin, is actually a scuba diver. She goes <laughs> to Monterey Bay and I'm ex- insanely jealous. I've only gone scuba diving once in my life. I was 12. It was on a family trip to Hawaii and it was the most incredible experience of my life. I had to have Me my too. ear drained afterwards for fluid okay, because fluid retention, but it was incredible. Uh, and so I wish that I, anyway, <laughs> that's all to say there's a new, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that whole tangent. Now I feel like oh, I, yeah, it's, it's, I we, didn't we mean did, to insult didn't wanna, any divers. We didn't feel as though we were, we were dissing the scuba diving community. I need you all to understand that, that what just happened comes from my jealousy, okay? Exactly. I'm going to just say it here that I'm projecting jealousy, okay? Unless, Moving unless, uh, except for the cave divers, <laughs> in which case I am not jealous that whatsoever. That scares me. I'm not you doing can, that in the dark. You can have I that. don't like closed tight exactly. spaces. Not doing that, but absolutely. Anyway. There's a dive connector app that lets divers across all of the camera's app features, excuse me, lets divers access, I was reading too fast, all of those camera app features while the Pixel is, um, you know, safe inside a $300 uh, waterproof housing, which you do need, listen, if you're diving, like you need something that can handle all that water pressure. Um, Now, the housings actually have waterproof buttons that control the phone inside it via Bluetooth, which is super neat. I mean, it's the same idea as like a camera remote. Um, And I do like this because I bring this up because I do like to swim at the community pool. (laughs) (laughs) That's my water activity. That's that's what I that's what I do. Um, and, And I love that I have that ability on my Samsung watch not my Wear OS watch, my Samsung watch. So it's kind of nice to have like these little things added in um, because when you go on vacation and you want to like splurge for that that thing to to take the underwater photo yeah. that you're going to do, you want to have that feature. I get it. This is why people drop $400 on a GoPro for that one vacation, you know? Yeah. And it's it was a little bit weird though because when I when I saw like the subhead about this uh, about this feature i thought that oh okay what that's kind of interesting because the the camera app is all about leading edge like uh, computational photography and actually i've i remember reading a paper and seeing a demonstration video of this new uh technique for uh taking like deep like 
deep light photos with natural like colors and lighting underwater. Mm -hmm. That was like a big problem that had been solved or at minimum. I mean, because, uh, because the water actually acts as a color filter and all the light coming in, Mm -hmm. I bet that there's a, a filter to like balance out all the blue. It's like, no, it's just, if you have a $300, Kraken uh, <laughs> housing made by Kraken Sports. It will be with this app installed. You will be able to control wow. the camera app through. I tried okay. to justify. I I tried. Okay, Let, there's a couple other features too besides this. So uh, for not diving folks, the Pixel Stock Recorder <laughs> for, for, app for the sur- for the surface dwellers exactly uh, now has new options for sharing recordings and transcripts with people anywhere uh, anywhere. So what we'll do, it'll make a shared link for you, and then it'll go to a web app at recorder.google.com where the recording can be heard in red. I think this is absolutely wonderful. What a great accessibility slash, uh, you know, general use feature to to put out there. So th- thanks. Nice. Thanks, Google. Uh, wallpapers. Well, it, it's a feature in the Pixel realm. So the feature drop includes quote, new wallpapers that celebrate different cultural moments throughout the year with artwork from artists around the world, unquote. Um, I, you know, it, it's it's another way to theme your phone. And I like the idea behind it. But I do have to say, Andy, that um, Chris Lacey from Action Launcher fame has been getting a lot of uh, good press for his wallpaper app that came out recently, <laughs> including a tweet that comes to my mind that I can't link to off the top of my head, but that I remember saying, which was saying, this is this is the first time like I've used a wallpaper from something besides the Google Wallpapers app. So... <laughs> Google's got competition, which is why this is a feature. That's okay, but I, I, I will, <laughs> I, I, I will offer an opinion that, like, let, let's say that, let's say that you you go to a restaurant and you were promised, oh, by the way, for the twelve dollar meal, uh, that will include like an entree and two appetizers, and but and but they say that, oh, you know that basket of bread that counts as one of your appetizers. I would say, well, that's not an appetizer. It's like, well, Fair. it's it's food. That we Fair. gave you, so I'm sorry, you only get one appetizer left. That's kind of like okay, wallpaper. It's nice, Com- commissioning artists to create custom wallpapers celebrating culturally significant uh, and diverse uh, uh, topics. Also nice. I'm just saying that now that they didn't. It's not as though they promised us five exactly five new features, and so this is sort of like you know, you know horking us out of one of our or those features. I'm just saying that it was. It was just a weird choice to call it a feature. That's all. Sure. Okay. Take the air out of that one. <laughs> I'm here Thanks, to I'm here to poke <laughs> holes in everybody's rowboat. I'm the screen door on your submarine today. Um, this next feature might be something that would bring me back to the pixel just because I want to try out and see if this really works, which is that the Google Smart Compose feature uh, will now suggest common phrases to auto complete a sentence based on what it's learned about you and your writing style. This is now available for select messaging apps on the Pixel. So, yeah, I guess if you're not on the Pixel, it's not happening. <laughs> You'll actually have to type out sup, not much, actually by hand. That's mm. a lot of apostrophes there. So, mm. yeah, that's actually. My favorite good. is like when my best friend sends me like a really dramatic text that warrants like a very empathetic answer. <laughs> and it just like, it just suggests that I reply to her. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not. Yeah. This is the smart. Is this smart? Yeah, it's, see, this it's is, not. This is this is part of the new like social social rules that we need to sort of agree upon. Yes. I, I have a, I have a friend who 
like doesn't who likes his apple watch so much that he almost will never like respond to a text like off of his phone so i could i could like send him a message like you know i just i'm i'm just feeling really really down all this covid stuff is just getting to me i mean i'm sleeping 18 to 20 hours a day and I just can't even get out of bed and I just don't, it's hard to know what to look forward to. And I, <laughs> I, I was, I was wondering if, you know, I mean, I, it would help me get through this a lot if sometime next week, you know, we could just like chat via video and then he'll reply. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause I know this, it was like a button that he pushed on his watch Yeah, because there, there was no we button. For, oh, Andy, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, you know, I'm your friend and I'm here to support you and help you wherever you are. Just as you, I'm sure would be helping me in another situation. Name a time next week. So I've, I've sort of gotten used to like, yes, no, <laughs> can't talk now. So I just, I just want a special colored bubble or something to say that, no, no, he didn't decide <laughs> when I when I said that, you know, I just I've done a I, I had a long talk with my therapist today, and you know how like I I get mad every time that you bring up this incident from eight nine. I, I feel as though I didn't really take real accounting of your feelings in this, and I really want to apologize. It makes me feel bad <laughs> that I might have caused you to like doubt like our friendship, and I, I hope you can forgive me. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, life. Okay, oh, last yeah, feature. Well, screw you. I was just trying to be nice. I was just trying to be like, okay, if that's all you got invested in this, then maybe. Oh, oh wait, you're on your watch, aren't you? Okay, fine. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, last but not. Okay, no, this is least because I have a pixel stand. I'm going to tell you right now. It's just <laughs> in my closet holding up a phone for me. Um you now get a newly it does, redesigned. So it does what it says on the box. That's very nice. Yeah, but it's just in, unplugged. <laughs> but now you get a new, uh, new, really newly redesigned bedtime screen. So enjoy that. You now have an alarm clock. Um, okay, we're gonna take another quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna zoom through some some fun little rumors. I know that I'm constantly and consistently trolling all of you out there by mentioning that I have a Samsung watch. Which, by the way, has absolutely its flaws, okay? I'm not saying it's a perfect entity here. Um, but now we've got... Okay, so I meant to... Pre- I had teased it before the break, but I just want to say we're going to go and jump into a couple of rumors real quick and just kind of kind of react to them, kind of like that TikTok meme where you just like react to, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're going to do that now to a bunch of rumors that have been circulating because, you know, this was supposed... Much like... Everybody forgot the Golden Globes were this last weekend. We also <laughs> forgot there was an MWC. And so in lieu yes. of MWC, we'll we'll talk about some rumors instead. And, you know, why not? So the first one is that Samsung is developing a Wear OS version of their smartwatch, which scares me a little bit because I've been giving so much money to these people for watch faces in the Galaxy App Store. Um, <laughs> this one comes by way of, we're going to link to an Android Authority post in the news, in the notes, but uh, the Twitter user Ice Universe claimed two weeks ago that Samsung's new watch will use Android to replace Tizen. Now, it doesn't mean much, and I saw that tweet come through and I was like, oh, yeah. Emoji eye roll. But this week, developer Ivan Meller found some evidence hiding in the latest update to the Galaxy S20's kernel source code. The Wi-Fi driver has a configuration for a device named Merlot Wear OS. So 
doesn't necessarily mean anything, but we know how Google is with their code names. We know, well, we know how, excuse me, I should say Samsung slash Silicon Valley are with their code names. Um, I don't know. Do we know anything about Samsung naming stuff after wine? Uh, well, uh, by the way, I don't like Merlot just in case anybody's wondering. Never yeah, like Merlot. Uh, it's, it's weird. Uh, it, uh, Merlot, uh, in French, it means the little blackbird is the second most popular red grape in America after Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, known for being soft, ripe and elegant. Uh, there are sort it of easy not, drinking reds that go well it with stays food on is, your, no, it stays on your tongue <laughs> and it's like, bleh, bleh, like you want to scrape it off like a burnt piece of bread. Yeah, and, and, anyway. and also in the in the in the one like movie about wine. Uh, yes, uh, sideways, I know sideways. Is, yes, that's where my husband. Oh, Giamatti. Grew up. Just We're always said, talking about that. Yes. Anyway, uh, Andy, what do you think? I mean, would you be more inclined to finally buy a Samsung watch because you're the one? You're like, I don't know, Flo. I don't want to do that because I don't really trust Samsung. That's an impression, by the way, of uh, Andy Anatko doing his John Lennon impression, which is dead <laughs> on, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I see. I don't know. I, I uh, first of all, it's not uh, their early versions of this rumor was. Oh no, no, no! They're ditching Tizen. They're switching over to Wear OS for for the Samsung Galaxy Watch uh, for the Samsung Watch, Samsung Gear Watch. What are they calling it now? Samsung Gear still or Galaxy Galaxy Watch? Okay, Galaxy Watch. So, but it, it's a but the good app sign. is called Wear. <laughs> It's it's a good sign. If it's true, it would be a good sign for Wear OS that Samsung decides that okay, it's worthwhile for us to build uh, build and Wear OS software for our and add this to our product line. Not certainly not replacing the product line, but at least jumping it. It would add some credibility to Wear OS at a time when Wear OS desperately needs some credibility. (laughs) I don't know if it would convince me to buy a Samsung watch because the if if anything i would be more interested in the tizen version than the wear os version because i'm desperately waiting to see signs that google actually cares about this thing and has really really it, big plans for it listen listen we t- we t- we were talking about this last night all about android i'm sorry by the way everybody i know i do these shows back to back so i'm always like well on android but that's how my brain goes okay my brain is constantly ideating because i have no chill and so what i was thinking about last night after we'd had a conversation not about this but about something else related to wear os i think it was about the hot word detection Thing that we right. had talked about last that's week. Been bro- and, that's been broken for months and months and months. Yeah. And Google is just now getting around yeah. to, oh, maybe we should fix that. Yeah. I, I had made some comments about how I'm like, you know, Google's not really showing it. Like we, we feel really uneasy, but I think that's unfair now that I think about it because they have been showing that they are thinking about it. I mean, they spent all that money on Fitbit. Uh, I think it's just, it's just so late in the game that it yeah. makes us just, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, when somebody tries really hard at school to like wear all the latest fashions and they're just not pulling it off, <laughs> just let it go. It's fine. Yeah. It's, see, the, th- the thing is, I'm also kind of like influenced by a previous experience, like watching products sort of like twist in the wind like this. Sometimes it's because, yeah. sometimes it's because they intend to cancel, cancel it. But sometimes it's because no, 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 we have a, a very, very big plan and putting more mm-hmm. investment and more releases into this thing that we are about to completely reinvent. 
uh, is just pointless right now. So instead of like little updates that happen several times a, a year and little shows of support in two years time, there's going to be something absolutely revolutionary. And maybe the, it's, it's, I can't figure out if, if uh, Google has simply said, well, now that we own Fitbit, we can just take Fitbit's watches and build upon that platform and make them more googly rather than take their hardware and turn them into Wear OS devices or just or even create a brand new device as a hybrid of the two. I I've become a bigger fan of Fitbit devices over the past six or seven months since I've been taking more of an active interest in what they've been doing. And the fact that they've been <laughs> Fitbit has been very, very wisely saying, now let's see, uh, Wear OS has been an abject total failure. Uh, Apple's watch OS has been a titanic victory so much so that it's the most best-selling watch in the world of any kind who should we steal from I know you know what let's just go ahead and steal ideas from Apple and so they create really nice like 200 300 watches that run their own OS don't they don't like you know they don't they don't have anything really special whiz bang but they try to capture the apple apple watch magic as best as possible and i'm i'm hoping that there's this is a category that google is going to try to reinvent for themselves as opposed to oh well we like we like your replaceable watch band system to fitbit so we're going to make our next wear os watches just as crappy software wise but easier to swap the watch bands thank you very much more on this later. Yes. Now, Moto is actually releasing a Wear OS watch possibly with an uh with possibly a powerful CPU. Now, if you remember, we had talked about the fact that uh Moto had licensed the Moto brand and styling to a company with the extremely inspiring name eBuy Now. Uh spelled as one word, by the way. Now, they released their first watch last year and it was very pretty as we all recall. Uh, you know, if you're into the masculine sort of thing. Um, now, a presentation intended for the investors discusses Moto's 2021 product roadmap and mentions three watches on the way. The presentation includes an image of the back of an unidentified fourth watch, and one of the bits of text engraved there is Snapdragon Wear 4100. If you remember the 4100, that was the chip that was supposed to fix Wear OS, fix the problems with smartwatches. Um, it's supposed to be 85% faster than the 3100 that's found in most Wear OS watches, including the watch that Andy bought recently for $100 and that now sits in his top nightstand drawer. It's a it's a very decorative object, I will say. Uh-huh. Okay, that's fair. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, it, you know, again, we're still waiting for Google to like really back this, but I guess it's it's an interesting, it's a good to know rumor that somebody is considering using those 4100 chips because Fossil didn't. <laughs> uh, okay, last in our little rumor mill. And maybe the weirdest one. And maybe the weirdest one. I don't know if this is weird though, Andy, considering where we are at with folding phones. Mm. So uh, there is a rumor going around that Google's planning to release a Pixel with a folding screen. Now, Again, this comes from an analyst and leaker named John Proser, technically another dude on the internet <laughs> who kind of found something somewhere, but he has a decent enough track record that people do point to him when, uh, you know, when things are quote unquote leaked. He tweeted that there's a Google Pixel Fold that is a real thing last week, and he followed it up by saying that it's due to ship either this year or early next. Now, 
there was some, again, mongering around at 9to5Google that there is um, an internal Google document that says Google is developing Android builds for a foldable pixel. The report refers to three pixel models that were for release in 2021, one of them being codenamed Passport and explicitly described as a foldable. And as you know, passports are foldable identification. So it falls in line with that idea. Um Now, there's also a little bit of sourcing from a website that promotes news stories about the South Korean tech industry, and that site reported that Samsung was developing folding displays for a number of manufacturers, including Google. The story had said that Google has requested Samsung displays uh, to develop a foldable OLED panel around the 7.6-inch size when folded out, uh, which would make it actually a little larger than the Galaxy Fold that currently exists. Um, Andy, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you opine first on this one. Yeah. See, I've, the, the, I just don't know what to think. There's, there are lo- there's a lot of good sources about this. Sure. There's the, 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 there's a couple of, when you hear rumors, there are two kinds of rumors, sources that I dismiss uh, immediately. That is one random dude on Twitter who has no track record? There's some some of the do, some of the random dudes are on Twitter are actually analysts who uh, who compile reports specifically on display technology, for instance. Right. And so they do when they say something that's actually quite significant. Uh, the other uh, the other area that I tend to dismiss is when like, if it were a manufacturer of displays that had like a the one one blog post or one like news source that says oh we're going to be we just got a contract to use folding displays for google's next best-selling phone maybe they don't maybe they're just trying to look good to their investors and to uh, and to uh, the rest of the market but this is coming from different sources the fact that there is software support that uh, nine to five google came up with like last uh, last year in fact makes it more sound more than what Apple is doing where they we know that they're working on it we just don't know if they have any real plans to do it immediately it just surprises me that Google would try to do it this year or next year um because there's it's right now it's a it's a really expensive design that tends to be favored by people who are really 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 hyper interested in having the latest of anything and are willing to suffer having, like with the first Galaxy Fold, a crease in the middle of the screen, or the thing breaking if you if you if you sneeze on it. Sure. Uh, and and uh, Google, I love you. You're great. You're absolutely you're great. But you can't even ship like a Pixel Five without having like what's that big gap between the screen bezel and the rest of the body? Oh, that's uh that's intentional and normal. Like, okay, but how come, like, the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi keep dropping out? Oh, well, that's – hey, look, a duck. It's – when, you, when you're talking about a technology that is as still, like, nationed as foldable screen technology, I'm not sure that they're the company to really roll this out and to make sure it's a really successful, working, functional, happy experience. I'm also not sure that they're capable of selling a premium product, which is what this is – almost certainly going to have to be priced as unless they have some magic plan to bring the price of a galaxy fold type device under a thousand dollars in which case (laughs) geez louise uh (laughs) it's a that 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 would be lovely um i mean it's it's the only the the only other thing i was thinking is that like unless 
this would be if 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 Google were still doing the Nexus brand, you know, their first their first line of like we built our we designed this phone ourselves phones. They the whole point of the of the Nexus brand was not necessarily to grab a great share of the market. It was at a time where everybody was taking Android and doing whatever the hell they wanted with it. And Google needed a needed a flagship phone to say, look, here is here is our idea of everything that all the technology and all this all this wonderful things we're putting into the operating system is for a phone that looks like this, which may not exist right now, but here you can buy it for four hundred dollars right now. The Nexus Five, the Nexus Four, whatever. So if they were to create this folding phone to sort of highlight, look, we while Apple is considering and experimenting and building samples without acknowledging that this category exists. We have actually put all kinds of support for weird configurations of displays baked right into the, uh, to the Android operating system. It's, it's said that they helped, uh, they were, they were basically arm in arm with, uh, with Samsung as they were developing uh, this foldable screen uh, software support. So if they were to want to say, Hey, look, this is the, the future of mobile computing is not a static, form factor but something that gets foldable and reconfigured into different displays and they wanted to show off how well android does that okay that's good but it's i mean it's that the timing seems interesting they uh, if if things go back to semi-normal by october we Mm. would be expecting them to have a a pixel event in october Mm -hmm. which would be a lovely time for them to show off something that they don't intend to ship until q1 Mm -hmm. of of uh, 2022 which can turn into many, many months into 2022 before they'd actually have to ship it. Uh, so who knows? It, w- it would be very interesting. Uh, I'm the, the indications from, uh, you can infer from this rumor that they're not intending to do like a, a Motorola Razor type of compact mm-hmm. type phone, but, but a, again, a, a Galaxy Fold type uh, into a tablet sort of thing. They're certainly not going to do something as stupid as having the screen fold on the outside. It's going to be folding on the inside. Uh, so, Okay. We'll find out if they. Uh, I'm I'm hoping the best for them. I I want to think that they can make a success of this, and if they were to prove that they can rebound and really design competitive, desirable phones under the Pixel brand, this would be a good way to do it. But I'll believe it when I see it. I do yeah. believe it'll happen before a really good Wear OS watch, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I believe it's in the trajectory. It's just kind of where we're going now with phones, and it makes sense to have, as you said along the the vein of of a Nexus sort of device, but this is the Pixel. And the Pixel's supposed to be for general consumption. That's what they yeah. that's what this whole rebranding was supposed to be. So um stay tuned and see. Again, these are all rumors, but you know what? Why not? Why not? Any we don't we don't love rumors, but if it gives us if it gives me a chance to slam Wear OS twice, actually three times, well, then the, I'm all and, for it. And and <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, we did choose rumors that are somewhat like, you know, it, it's very it, there's and there's a possibility that it could happen come down the pipeline. Not to mention that these are things we're constantly talking about trajectory of the Pixel hardware div- division, and you know, like what what Google's going to do with Wear OS. So that's what we're here to do. That's our job. As Criswell so. says at the beginning of uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space, we are all we are all interested in the future, for that is there that we will spend the rest of our lives. Good time for us to take a little break. BRB. Exactly. All right. So before we round out the podcast for this week, we want to you know continue um, 
making it up to the people who have been emailing us for the last couple of years and whom we have not responded. We're really sorry. We we are. I, I don't know what else to say to that. We're trying to make up to you now uh, because we've we've realized um, our foibles, so to say. Yep. And I'm, um, I'm very I'm very glad that like as as I've been going through like two years worth of old emails, I I would have felt really bad if one of them was, hey, um, I just got a Galaxy Note Seven and it's bulging a little bit. Should I be concerned about that because I'm about to take it on a flight uh, for a dream trip? And if I had not had if I had missed that and didn't say, oh, that bulging battery is a super bad thing, particularly if on the Galaxy Note 7 that seems to have a problem with exploding into flames on airplanes. I Again, I would have felt a certain amount of, you know, I there, maybe there was something more I could have done to, to prevent a bad situation. But uh, we're actually we're get, we're getting near to the end, I think, of the uh, of emails that have been sent over the past couple of years where we were not looking at our Gmail mm-hmm. inbox mm-hmm. Uh, that are answerable questions. Uh, this one is from Jeff Donchbach. Uh, sent in February of 2019. Hey, Andy and Flo. Hey, Jeff. I've been waiting to hear an update from you guys on your experiences with the Me Box. This is the uh, from <laughs> Me, the company Me that makes a uh, a really cool, uh, cheap, like forty dollar Android TV box. Uh, is it worth it in your opinion? I have an Nvidia Shield which I love, but the price of the Me Box is attractive for more than a hundred dollars less. How does it compare to the Shield? Does it get frequent updates like the Shield? Other impressions? I'm considering cord cutting and would need another smart TV box or two. Thanks and keep up the good work. Thank, thank you. We will. We we hope. We hope that we did in the previous t- two years, and but we can't be the judges of that. Um, now, it's, it's uh, the the Mi Box was was and is a really really nice like value for money box. We can get at Walmart of all places, and for like forty bucks, it was a very very capable Android TV box and still is. It has the features that I want to see in an Android TV box, including like USB. Uh, connection and uh, support for uh, external uh, external devices. So you can plug in storage, you can plug in uh, all kinds of network connectors, all the kind of stuff. Um, I, I did flag this one to, to talk about because, you know, a lot has happened in the past couple of years. There, uh, the NVIDIA Shield, I have the NVIDIA, the, the original 2017 NVIDIA Shield in the living room, which is wonderful. It really is almost like a games, actually it is a games console. That's mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of power that can, NVIDIA. You, that's so, so powerful that it can work as a, as a Plex media server. Right. It can actually record DVR. It can DVR stuff if you have a TV tuner on the network as well. Uh, and that's a $150 or $200 box. And at the other end of the spectrum, there is now uh, the Google Chromecast with Google TV, which is uh, $50 or typically a lot less, which is if you just want the, to have uh, like smart TV technology, like, you know, uh, streaming tv technology it is a really surprisingly muscular device it most people will just plug it into the uh, to the uh, hdmi port on the tv uh plug the usb-c into uh the, the wall outlet that that uh, it's connect it's connected to but and it will run once everything runs really really fast the remote is great the features are great but if you plug a uh, a powered uh, usb-c uh, hub into it now you have plain USB. In addition to getting power through it, uh, you, you also are connecting anything that's USB with it. So now you can plug in a keyboard, you can plug in mass right. storage, you can plug in an Ethernet connector. So the, th- the the point is that now if you don't have a lot, if if you just want basic features 
for 50 bucks, you get the Google TV uh, dongle, which is way more than basic. If you want something that is really, really muscular and can be like almost a, actually literally a, a media hub and a game center, 450 to $200, you can get the, the, the NVIDIA Shield. And now there doesn't really need to be anything else. Well, I'm glad you had a positive experience with the Mi Box. <laughs> I had an okay experience. I'll probably just give it to somebody at this point. Um, somebody you or, don't like. Or keep it and put it in Somebody needs room. to be taken down a peg by cheap Chinese technology. It's not, it's not like bad, bad. It's just after, I really like the Google TV interface, quite frankly. I like the hardware a little bit better. I miss that little bit of of USB. Um, but I definitely agree that if you're looking for like a power user's sort of Android TV slash Google TV solution, uh, the NVIDIA Shield is the one to to invest in. If you're looking for something that is around that $50 price range, Google TV, Chromecast yeah. with Google TV, just do yourself a favor um, if, if that's what you want. If you're not looking for a media hub, just get the Chromecast dongle. It's, it's yeah, it, they're, they're, uh, the, the thing is, I, I'm actually, cons- I'm still trying to, I'm still thinking about upgrading the the nvidia shield in my living room that's connected to the nice 4k like hdr big tv to mm-hmm. to the mod to the new one because the new one has like ai based upscaling to 4k and every time i the more i the more i read about it and the more samples i see about the output of it the more i'm like most of my most of my hd movies in my plex library are like 1080 and if the 4K oh, yeah. upscaling is the- that good I told you about the ghosting on the the Mi Box too. It has like a huge <laughs> ghosting issue, which is why we stopped watching. Because I would just like, yeah. Anyway, well, that's what we think about the Mi Box. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's still relevant, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff, for writing in a couple of years ago. I'm really sorry. I hope you're still listening to this podcast and, and just like, yeah, they didn't answer my letter. Um, Hopefully soon we can switch to like reading, to answering like new emails uh, on the podcast. Hopefully sooner yeah. rather than later. Uh, if you go to relay.fm slash material, you'll have a link to uh, sending sending us emails that will land in now in a, a, da- a daily or weekly monitored inbox. Certainly mm-hmm. before every show, I check the I check the mail. Thank you, Andy, um, for doing that. And uh, I check the Twitter feed at material podcast i'm the one sort of managing it um i trying trying some new things here and we appreciate with everybody for just kind of hanging in there and hanging with us you know (laughs) i've gone through a lot of life changes in the last two years um you know i i got pregnant and then i had a kid so it that really (laughs) really put some things on hold so I appreciate people for sticking with us and, you know, we're here, we're doing this. And if you want to, you want to be here with us to do stuff, you could just go to relay.fm slash material and become a member of the show for as little as $5 a month. And you support us directly, plus the people that we work with here at the network. So, I mean, could you ask for your money to go to anything better? The answer is yes, but don't listen to that voice just yet. <laughs> Um, I think that's it from from us this week in terms of the Google news you need to know. Andy, are you doing radio this week? What are you up to this week? 
indeed. Uh, the Andy Anatko's weekly high-tech hidey-ho on Boston's NPR station, WGBH. That's not the name of the show. I keep asking that that be the official name of it, but keep wisely, wiser heads keep saying, no, let's just not call it that. Uh, but yes, uh, it's uh, Thursday this week at 1 p.m. You can listen to it live uh, streaming through WGBHnews.org, or you can listen to it a few hours later uh, and when it becomes part of the WGBH News Library. Just uh, it'll probably be on the top page. If it isn't, just search for my last name and you'll find it. And as usual, go to, if you can spell my last name uh, as a user handle on Twitter or Instagram, you can see the things that I'm Twittering on Instagram and the things that I'm Instagramming on Twitter. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing the doc. Um, As for me, uh, I had a story go up at, uh, actually, yes, Gizmodo. I have a story up at Gizmodo. It's the 5G phones that you might want to consider if you're shopping for a phone for 5G. Um, I looked at some of the reviews, kind of saw the phones that are more worth buying just based on the bands that exist. I myself learned a lot about 5G while I was writing. (laughs) You know, it's a slideshow, but I, I... had to, I kind of mostly put 5G out of my mind until it, there was more infrastructure to sort of support <laughs> it. And now I'm like, well, now, now I have to start paying attention. So, uh, thanks to my editor for, for that. Uh, and then if you need any other information on me, florenceion.com or oh, that flow all over the internet, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, that's where I am. Um, and also a thank you from me and Andy to our editor, Jim, for editing our show every week. Thank you, Jim, for making us sound good and sometimes making us look good. You are a treasure, Jim. <laughs> You'll never know what he's cut out for us. <laughs> uh, all right, then. So with that, um, we're just going to say goodbye. Be safe. Have a uh, great seven days. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 